Hi, welcome to the City View Phoenix podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Jesus, the rabbi, the teacher. He rounds up his disciples and he says this, I'm leaving. I have to go back to the one sentence. And I know you're sad, but listen, it is to your advantage. It is for your benefit. It is better that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper who is your comforter, your advocate, your counselor, your encourager, and your strength. If I do not go away, he will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. That's why it's better that if I go away. That's why having the Holy Spirit is better than Jesus. It was October 17, 2006. My wife and I um, were on our way to work. And uh, it was that time. It was before we had kids, so we had that freedom of it's just, there's just that life that you have before you have kids of sort of freedom. You could do whatever you want. If you want to pack up and go away for the weekend, you don't have to find a babysitter. It's just there's a freedom that you had. So my wife and I had this freedom of going to work without kids screaming in our car. And um, <clears throat> so we're on our way. We're dry. We had, at that time, we had lived out in Surprise, 176th Avenue in Greenway. Um, it was, it was, we loved our home. We loved everything about it. It was just really far. So we're on our way to work, and our typical route was we'd go down Cotton Lane over to Olive, and we'd take Olive all the way in to work. And on this particular morning, we were driving in our 2006 Scion XB. I, don't, I, I drive a white one now. I used to have a black one. I no longer have that black car. I'm about to tell you why. So on this amazing October 17, 2006, Tuesday morning, my wife and I are sitting at the light at 59th Avenue in Olive. And I look up in my rearview mirror and I see a 1984 Chevy pickup truck barreling down the road, not looking to stop at all. I brace myself. I have my coffee and my water there sitting next to me. And he hits our car with full impact, pushes us into the next three cars in front of us. We are scared. We're shaking. Our, our dash is covered in water and coffee. My wife is four and a half months pregnant. We're worried about what's going to happen. I'm not at a place to be mad at the guy who rear-ended us yet. I'm scared for my wife. I'm scared for my unborn child, who turned out, I mean, I think he's fine, but um, our 13-year-old Judah, he'll be 14, so um, he seems to be functioning okay. Might be some of the problems that we have with him, but who knows? Um, There's grace for all that, but he was okay, but, you know, after we were taken in the ambulance to go and made sure Larry was fine, then you deal with the insurance agency. Now, you see, what my wife and I had done about six months earlier is we shopped around because we were trying to be wise with our finances, so we changed our insurance company. We had been with, I had been with Allstate, Tony at Allstate, since I was driving, since 1995. Tony had been my insurance agent for the last 11 years. He knew me. I knew him. He knows my parents. He knew our family. He knew what was going on. It was just that comfortable relationship. And I said, can you lower my rates? And he said, no. And I said, peace out. 
So I went to this new insurance company who said, we've got a great deal for you. And um, we went to that. And then all of a sudden, we got in a car accident. I don't know the guy who hit me. Well, of course, you don't know him. But I don't have any of his information. So I call my insurance company. And then I get the biggest runaround of my life. And I realize how much I miss Tony. Because Tony could always answer my call. And so we're trying to work through, and finally, over time, we finally get there in his insurance company, and we make a settlement. But you never realize how much your insurance means to you until when you need it. Until all of a sudden, you have to make that phone call. And I wonder how many of us, that's sort of how we are with God, and specifically with the Holy Spirit. We don't realize how much we need him until all of a sudden we have to make that phone call. The other day, we were dropping my son Ezra off at school. He's, in, he's seven years old. He's in second grade. And, and we want to make sure that our kids know that God is always with them. So we tell them that. And so we told Ezra on this morning, as he, he's getting ready to take his spelling test on Thursday. And if he aces it Thursday, he doesn't have to take it Friday. So I'm like, Ezra, you know. Laramie said, actually, it wasn't me. It was Laramie. I can't take credit. Um, she was, she's more spiritual. Um, Laramie said, Ezra, you know that, that the Holy Spirit is always with you. He said, I know. Anytime I don't know an answer to the test, I can always ask him. And we said, okay, yes. But Ezra, he's not a genie in the bottle that he's going to come out and, like, answer your questions to your spelling test. But yes, Ezra, he's always with you. You see, I think many of us, we, we sort of, we treat the Holy Spirit like he's that, 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 that he's that insurance agent. That we really don't call on him until we need him, until something drastic happens in our life, until we have that test that we have to take in school, or until we've got that problem, somebody's in the hospital, or until we've got that situation, we get that car accident, we're like, oh God, please help me now, until our marriage starts falling apart. And all of a sudden we call that insurance agent, and we realize we don't know them. And then you complain to God, and you say, I don't, why don't I ever hear God? Why, don't I, why isn't God ever there? Why doesn't he ever answer me? Well, it's because you never knew him to begin with. God was just that phone call away, that, that AIG agent that you call when you all of a sudden need somebody to answer, and all of a sudden they're like, how can I help you? Well, I got in a car accident, so um, excuse me, sir. Um, could you give me um, your, your, your full first name? Jeremiah Semler. All right, thank you, Jeremiah. Um, I'm going to need to get some information from you before we proceed. You, you know this? You know what I'm talking about? Um, we're going to need um, your address, your date of birth, and the last four of your social. And you're like, okay. And, okay, would you please tell us what happened on that day? And there's no personal, there's no, are you okay? Are you okay? Do you need anything from us? It's like, does the other driver, do they have insurance? Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I assume so. I don't know. I was taken in an ambulance with my wife, and she was pregnant, and we don't know. And they're like, okay, but um, is everybody okay? I mean, I'm, I think so. I, I don't, the, the driver behind you, do you have their name? I don't have their name yet. I don't know. Any, and it's that impersonal, they don't care. Some of us, we treat God like that. And then we get mad when he doesn't answer, but we never knew him to begin with. See, God's with you. The Holy Spirit's with you. The Bible says the Bible uses three prepositions for the Holy Spirit. He's with you, He's in you, He's upon you. 
And I think for many of us, he's with you. And maybe some of us, God's like the Holy Spirit, sort of like when I had Tony, my insurance agent from Allstate. I knew Tony. I could call him. He's like, Tony. He's like, Jeremiah, how are you doing? How are your kids? How's your family? How's your mom and dad? He knew that. And so I could ask. But that's to the extent of the relationship. I never had him over for dinner. Like, I met him. I talked to him. We, we have a friendship. Some of us, that's, maybe that's our experience. Like he, he's in us. Maybe we, we, know, we know the Holy Spirit. He's, he's in us, and we have that experience of knowing, but we really, that's about it. That's about it when it comes to the Holy Spirit. And I wonder how many of us, God wants us not just be that phone call, but he wants to be everything to us. And I wonder how many of us today As we move on through this sermon, I wonder how many of us, God says, I don't want to just be with you. I don't want to just be in you, but I want to be a power upon you so that you can live the life that you never thought you could. I think, and I know, I saw God move last service. We had 50 people up in this front row right here saying, I want the power of the Holy Spirit upon my life. The first guy up was a, a retired police officer. He got up, and he pretty much ran. He's, one, he's, a, he's, like, he's not just like, he's a big man. If he ever arrested me, which I'm, he's retired now, he's now my friend, I would have been scared. I've been like, you are a giant man. He was the first one down. First run, front row, front and center saying, I need the power of the Holy Spirit. He was raised Catholic. It's all he knew. All he's known is that God is God. There's Jesus did something for me. Holy Spirit is creepy. I believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is going to move in this room. And I believe that there are people in here that you need to be ready, because I'm going to give a time, that you need to be ready to come down to the front of this stage to receive the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you, or that you might receive a first filling of it. And I'm going to challenge you dads in here, you men in here, that you be the first ones in this front. I'm going to challenge you. And if you're serving, if you're running a board or running a camera and you're like, I can't leave, I promise I'll move minimal. If you're like, I need to be up there. How we'll do it once the worship team comes up, we'll figure it out. But so, today, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to move. Because the Holy Spirit wants to make your life better, and he wants to make you better at living life. I believe that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for what you're going to do. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come upon this room in a powerful way. You're already here. You're already moving. You are already stirring some hearts. Some people, there are some men in here that I just challenged, and they're getting nervous. Their their palms are getting sweaty, their hearts are beating, and they know they're going to have to stand up. But Lord, they have a legacy to leave with their kids and their kids' kids and their neighbors and their men, the people that they work with. Lord, not just the men in here, but the women. Lord, you are calling them to be radical women like Ruth, women like Esther that are going to change lives. So Holy Spirit, stir hearts today. And if there's anybody who does not know you, Jesus, draw them to yourself that this room would be a place where where it's just full of a bunch of imperfect people loving a perfect God. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.
Amen. So, this series, Better Than Jesus, Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse 17, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage, and that word advantage means this, it is best, it is for your good, it is better that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus says, if Jesus says it's to your advantage, let's take advantage of it. Before I get rolling into my sermon, I had some people ask me, how was your vacation? I got to tell you how it went. So first, my wife and I were going to go to Oregon. Some friends of ours have a house up there, so we were going to fly up there. Friday, sometime Friday, we got a text from the insurance or the flight company. They canceled our flight. Um, We were flying into a small little airport, so there were no other flights unless we wanted to drive four hours. I didn't want to do that. So then I called a friend and said, hey, can we book is your cabin available for this weekend? He said, yes, it is. So then my wife and I were going to drive up there Tuesday. So we started driving up there Tuesday. We knew the 87 was closed, but we knew the 260 wasn't. We started driving up there. By the time we got to the 260, guess what happened? It was closed. We could not go. So we're sitting there at this road sign, not able to go and do, spend our 20th anniversary. We wanted to do so much more, but COVID, thanks to COVID, all of that was a not not going to happen. So we um, ended up not going. I ended up having a super grumpy Wednesday. We had to pay for our babysitter because she had already taken the whole week off work. Um, so we couldn't like say, well, thanks for taking an entire week off work and not working. So we paid her still, which is fine. We set that money aside. That's why you budget and set money aside. So, And I, Wednesday morning, I check. Roads are all so closed. And I was mad. I got over it because a good pastor friend of mine, God happened to wake him up like super early Thursday morning, so my, my bad mood didn't roll over into Thursday. So that's what happened. So we ended up just going to the snow one day with our kids. So if you're wondering how was your vacation, that's what happened. It didn't happen. Um, <clears throat> so fun story there. Now into the sermon for today. Well, welcome to City View. It's a perfect place for imperfect people. I'm an imperfect dad, an imperfect husband, an imperfect person, but I love a perfect God who loves me, and he loves you. City View, that's what we're all about. That's what we're all about. And we're in this series titled Better Than Jesus. Now, is the Holy Spirit really better than Jesus? No, they're all equal, equally important. But for many of us, we don't treat the Holy Spirit equal. We love God, we love Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, depending on what denomination or what you grew up at, the Holy Spirit either doesn't exist, doesn't move anymore, is creepy and does creepy stuff. I'm here to tell you, the Holy Spirit does exist. He is a person, and he is going to move in your life today. I'm going to tell you that. I believe it. See, most people, we want to live the best life that we can, but we want to do it without God and make choices that hopefully will be good choices. And so we live that life, and then at some point in each of our lives, people realize either they want Jesus or not, and at some point we, we realize we need Jesus, and, and the Holy Spirit is what's drawing people to Jesus. And I know for many of you in this room who have given your life to Jesus, and you desire, and you d- made a decision to follow Jesus, and to, to enter that adventure of what it's like to be a Christ follower, this, this adventure of this journey of, of, of having this life where God is leading you and he's forgiven you and you get to tell others. And some of us have, have taken on that challenge and we've, we've said, you know, I want to follow Jesus with my life. And when a person makes that choice, God does some amazing things in our life. God promises two great gifts. 
when that decision is made. Number one, we are given the gift of salvation and forgiveness of our sins. We're set free from our guilt and our shame. We're set free from all those burdens that come upon us because the Holy Spirit, Jesus forgives us and the Holy Spirit comes in us. Not only is that promise made, but the, the other promise, which I just talked about, is we, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The greatest need of the church today, the greatest need we have as believers, as Christians, right now, is the power of the Holy Spirit operating, filling, and flowing through our lives. The, the church has become sort of dead. The church has, has become sort of this, we, do, we go to church on Sunday and we do the minimal, but we don't do the reckless or the abandoned. We, we do what we can, but we don't do all that is possible. And so I think for many of us as, as Christians, as Christ followers, as these people who have entered this adventure, we do the bare minimum when it comes to following Jesus with our lives. But you see, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to fill your life and use you to do greater things you could ever imagine or think. I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to do something in you and through you to empower you to live a life at work, at school, at home, in your neighborhoods that you could change and see a legacy left in your home and in your communities that God wants to do something and that's the greatest need of the Christian church you go outside of this nation you go to any almost any other country where persecution is happening and the Holy Spirit's moving in a powerful way but when you have one of those missionaries come to the United States they ask is he even here and you have to wonder is he in my life you see the moment a person follows Jesus with their life, they go from a, a life that they believe is just physical things to a supernatural life. They enter into a supernatural battle. Do you ever feel like the world is against you? Anybody ever feel like that? Like, it's just like every decision, you make one good decision, it just seems like everything seems to fall against you. I look at that my pillow guy, or whatever. I have one of his pillows. I really like it. I didn't know he was a Christian. I didn't know he was a Republican. I didn't know he stood for anything good or bad. All I knew about him was, well, actually, I didn't even know. My wife knew he makes great pillows, so she bought me one. But he's getting, like, beaten up, isn't he? Well, some of you are like, I don't even know who he is. No, it doesn't really matter. But you see, we live in this world where there is a, physic there is a physical battle. I see physical battles every day. I have three boys, so I see physical battles. It says in Ephesians chapter 6, verses, verse 12, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. I see there's flesh and blood struggles occasionally. My son will come in with a bloody lip. Judah hurt me. Well, what did you do to him first? But God says, but our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. In order for the Christian to live this life, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of you are wondering, why am I struggling every day? I ask you, are you living in the power of the Holy Spirit? I'm too young. I, you're no, you are not too young. The Holy Spirit wants to fill any life that Jesus is in. When Jesus is in a life, the Holy Spirit wants to fill that life and give you power to live that life. In the Bible, there are three prepositions that define the Holy Spirit. Some of you are teachers. You're like, prepositions? What in the world? I think there's a song about pre prepositions I learned in school. About, above, across, after. That's as far as I go. <laughs> so you wonder, why didn't you pass English? It's because that's as far as I got in the prepositional songs. 
But here's what Jesus says in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. Jesus says, and I will ask the Father. As I'm, I'm just reading that, and I didn't say this last service, but he says, and I will ask the Father. Isn't that cool that Jesus is asking God on your behalf of something? And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not know him or, or it does not behold him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Luke chapter 24 verse 49 says this, the third preposition, and behold, I am sending forth the promise of my father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So here, Jesus uses three different prepositions of the Holy Spirit. He says, first, first the Holy Spirit will be with you, meaning para, that's the word in Greek, meaning in the company of. See, the Holy Spirit is in each, every person's company on earth. He's here. He's moving, and he's the one drawing you to Jesus. He's the one that you're, you're sitting there at work, and all of a sudden something starts stirring in you that your, your coworker and your coworker, their, their wife is going through chemo, and, and you go, how are you getting through this? And you're like, you know what? God's going to get me through. And all of a sudden those words are like, that doesn't make sense. All of a sudden something starts tugging on your heart. That's the Holy Spirit with you. And then the Holy Spirit, when you say, okay, when you give up, you say, okay, God, I want to follow you with my life. That's the Holy Spirit in you. Also in John chapter 14, verses 16, 17, the word in you is to have permanent fellowship with God. That's what defines the Christian and the relationship with the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is coming and is living in you. And then it says in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And this is meaning there is evidence of an experience. That there's evidence. People can tell there's something different about your life. There's evidence of this Holy Spirit in you. And that's found in Luke 24, 49, Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. And also it speaks about being filled with the Spirit in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. You see, the Holy Spirit is God. He is part of the Trinity. He's the third person of the Trinity. And we see here that he wants to be with. Before you knew him, he was drawing you to Christ. It says that in John chapter 14, verse 17. And then there's a moment that you are born again or you're changed. And then the Holy Spirit comes in you. And the Holy Spirit will never leave you, Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 17. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, it says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature, but are controlled by the Spirit if the Holy Spirit of God is living in you. And remember, and remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. Next week, we're going to look at Romans 8, and how do we walk in this Spirit power? It's next week, so read it this week, Romans 8. And then we learn about how the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Jesus promises that this one special helper, he's going to come. And he promises to send his Holy Spirit upon them to, to give them power to live each and every day. Jesus makes this promise to his disciples, to his followers, that they would have power to live. You see, our vision as a church is that we would be a thriving church 
living thriving lives, leaving legacies. But this can only be done in and through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way that God is going to be able to move and live in and through you is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and gives you power to live that you might leave a legacy. That's the only way. And Jesus says in Luke chapter 24, verse 9, And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to wait you see, the disciples were at this moment in their life where anytime they had a problem in life, who could they call on? Jesus. If, if the storms were coming and they were on a boat and their boat was about to sink, who could they call on? Jesus. Okay, we're going to get louder because I'm going to say a few different times. And, you know, all of a sudden they have this huge crowd of people that need to be fed. And they're all going, where's dinner, where's dinner? Who could the disciples call on? So all of a sudden, there's a guy who comes in front of him, and his daughter is sick, and the disciples have no idea how to care. Who could they call on? And then Jesus tells them, I'm going away. Who are they going to call on? No, they have no idea. Good job. You know the answer ahead of time. But they're like, wait a minute. You can't go. Who are we going to call? Jesus is like the holy ghostbuster. I'm just kidding. But that, was, that landed better than last service. Thanks for the laugh, Kate. Um, but that, that's the thing is they were at this point. They're like, who are we going to call on? What are we going to do, Jesus? Jesus, you're the one that anytime we had a problem in life, anytime we had a situation in life, anytime something happened, we could call on you because you were right there. You were in the boat. The water's coming in. You're sleeping as you're being splashed over the head. The other day, so we were staying up north, and my son Ezra goes, Daddy, you snore really loud. So I'm wondering, as the, you know, they're looking at Jesus. He's sleeping in the boat, but they knew, hey, we can wake him up, and he's going to calm the storm. They knew that when, when the troubles were coming in life, when, when somebody needed help, they knew we could call on him. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, I'm leaving you. So who are they going to call on? And Jesus tells them, just wait. It's, it's to your advantage. The Holy Spirit, he's going to come. He's going to come. So we see here that there are three different words, workings of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with us. He's leading you to Jesus. And before you are saved, he's leading you to that moment that you might give your life to Jesus, that he might come into you, sealing you. These two, are the, these two things are the workings of the Holy Spirit. And then the third is that he comes upon you and clothes you with supernatural power. And this is called the baptism or the filling of the Holy Spirit. Now, usually, if, depending on what kind of religious background you have, you, you might think, Holy Spirit talking, that, that things could get weird. And they very well could get weird. When the Holy Spirit fills a room, fills a life, there's a power that's experienced that's, that you've never experienced before. When you really look at what the Holy Spirit does in and through lives, it's, it's amazing at the life change it does outside. My wife and I were reading this book about Corey Ten Boom. Um, it was a free Audible download, and Audible is amazing. I love when somebody reads to me. And um, we're reading, and, it, and she's talking about her dad in this book. And at this part, and, and there's a lady, and so if, if you don't know the story of Corrie Ten Boom, um, it happens during uh, the, the World War II, and she's in Holland, and, and she became this refuge for Jews who were trying to not die and trying to flee for safety. And her house became a place called the Hiding Place. And so Corey Ten Boom had this house where, where people all of a sudden they started knocking on her door and they're like, hey, we heard you could save us. She's like, okay, come on in, sleep in my upstairs 
bedroom. And then all of a sudden, people just started coming. And one night, this mom came with her baby who had just been born premature. And the baby could not control. You know, you can help a a four-year-old not cry, but you can't help a premature baby not cry. Some of you, you know this. You know this experience. Like, how do I make you not cry? And so Corey Ten Boom welcomes this lady in their home, but she knows they need to find a safe place for this mom and this little baby. And so she calls this pastor that she knew lives on the outskirts of town, and she says, is there any way you could take this baby in, this mom and baby in? And, and the pastor says, no, I can't. Her dad walks into the room, Corey Ten Boom's dad, who is a spiritual warrior. He is an 80-year-old spiritual battle horse. Nobody's going to stop this man. And so he takes this baby in his hand, and he holds this baby, and this pastor says, I can't. What if I lose my life? I'm, I'm not willing to lose my life for this little one. And he said, the, and, and Corey Timboom's dad said, then whose life are you willing to lose it for? Being that bold, being that courageous can only happen when a life is filled with the Holy Spirit. When a life is filled to the brim, knowing that God is going to lead and guide me. You see, not many of you, you I'm sure there's many of you in here, you were not raised in a very spiritual home. You were raised maybe to know God, to know about God, but not the power of the Holy Spirit in you. Maybe you were raised, maybe you were raised in a home that you knew nothing about God. I am very blessed, not only being raised in a home that talks about God. I, I, my, 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 my mom it follows the Lord. You see her. She comes up and puts this up on stage for me. My stepmom and dad raised me to love the Lord. I, I, I was blessed to be that. But it's not just because that. It's because my grandparents love the Lord. My dad's mom and dad, and you've heard me tell the story. I will say it until the day I die because it's the legacy that I am living in. They lived during Nazi Germany. My dad was born in like a refugee displaced persons camp, which we know a lot about because the news talks a lot about it. My dad was born in one during World War II. At any point of my grandma's life, she could have said when she was sick with chicken pox, shepherding sheep, as her stepdad was trying to do very bad things to her, she could have said, forget you, God, I want nothing to do with you. But you see, a person who lives by the power of the Holy Spirit leaves a legacy. So if you want to leave a legacy, you have to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit needs to fill you and flow through you. Look at what Jesus says. Jesus says this to his disciples who are like, Jesus, but you're going. And Jesus says this in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. He says, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem. He says, but wait here in this city. He says, you heard, uh, you, you heard, he says, he said, you heard it from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus says, you will receive power when he comes. And these followers of Jesus, just like you and me, already had the Holy Spirit in them, but they hadn't received the power. They hadn't received the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was in them, made them children of God. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. The Holy Spirit was in them, allowing them to have an inheritance. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13, and he sealed them, but they hadn't received the power but you see, they, they, they still needed the power to live this Christian life. 
That's why Jesus promised to baptize them with the Holy Spirit, that he would come upon them, that they may receive that power. Being baptized with the Holy Spirit, this is not speaking of water. But this is talking about this filling, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit filling a life that it may have power. It's that power that gave Peter the ability to go and preach to an entire 3,000 group of people. He spoke, he used his mouth, and the Holy Spirit divided it into multiple tongues so that everybody could understand. My aunts and uncles told me a story, and my dad tells me a story about my uncle who was arrested during this whole persecution of Christians in Russia way before I was born. And he was put into the prisons in Russia, and then they released him into Siberia, into the middle of this jungle where he did not know the language, didn't speak it. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came upon him because he was called to preach the gospel, and he preached to that crowd. That's the kind of thing. The Holy Spirit gives you power when you have that moment where you're talking with your coworker going, I know I need to share with them. And the Holy Spirit says, then say this. And all of a sudden, you have words, you had a verse you said, and you're like, how in the world did I do that? And God says, that's my Holy Spirit moving in and through you. You have a little kid who's in your classroom who just needs encouragement. You don't know what to do, and you're just like, I, I just had the words to say. You're with somebody who, who needs something. They, they need, need a prayer. They need, they're going something in your life. You're in this moment where you get this chance to, to preach to a group of three people, three kids standing outside a circle K who so desperately need Jesus, and God comes upon your life. I heard a story this week, last week, um, Sophie, one of our, our, the girls who volunteers her, her dad was at the park, ran into these two girls. He was with his grandson. They're playing at the park. I don't know how many, he has multiple grandsons, but he's playing at the park. These two high school or college-age girls start talking to him, and he leads both of them to the Lord. That's the Holy Spirit moving on a life. Jesus says, when you receive power. This is something Jesus wanted his disciples to receive. And it's something that we need to understand and receive today, that we might live power-filled, changed, productive, peace-filled Christian lives. The Holy Spirit, he not only wants to make your life better, but wants to make you better at life. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness and self-control and such things there is no law these are things that the holy spirit when the holy spirit takes over a life you live better at is there anything here you don't want who wouldn't want to have more peace more joy more love more patience more kindness more goodness more faithfulness more gentleness more self-control who wouldn't want those things those are fruits those are evidence of a holy spirit filled life it's evidence. I can go outside and look at my tree, and I have a, I don't know, it's that bottle tree that puts those shells on the ground that poke your fingers if you don't pick it up with gloves. You know what I'm talking about? They're ugly, and they're terrible, and I want to cut it down, but it sort of gives shade to my boy's room. You know those trees? No matter how much I want to look at it, know how much I pray for it, know if I lay hands on it and put oil on it and say, be an orange tree, it's never going to produce fruit. Never. But you see, you have the right tree, planted in the right soil, given the right things. It produces fruit, just like your life. When God takes you and gives you new roots, new soil, new life, evidence of that new life is new fruit. It's fresh fruit. 
It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes upon our lives and gives us power. It says in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, and when they had prayed, the place there had, they had gathered together was shaking. Can you imagine? I believe that can happen still today. That God can shake a room and can shake a life. And it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. It also speaks about this power coming upon, you, upon people in Acts chapter 6, verses 8 through 10, and 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. So how are we to be filled with the Holy Spirit? You see, you need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. Jesus promised to baptize his followers with the Holy Spirit if they asked. You see, after Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, he then taught them how to get the power of the Holy Spirit. So how do you get the power? How do you receive the power of the Holy Spirit? There's only one way. One very simple way. Jesus says in Luke chapter 11, verse 13, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, let me tell you, I'm evil. This last Wednesday, I, my wife saw that and you're like, evil, like how evil? I mean, anytime I sin or do anything, that's evil. Anything against God is evil. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more Shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Peter says this in Acts chapter 2, verse 39. And for the promise of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for you and your children and for all those who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call to himself. You see, I am thankful that I have a grandma, two grandmas, that loved the Lord so much they didn't give up when times got hard. And they shared about Jesus to their kids. And I'm thankful that parents who love the Lord so much that they didn't give up on God no matter how hard life got or how hard they made life, no matter how difficult it was, that they told their kids about Jesus. I'm thankful that I'm a dad. Though no matter how hard life gets, no matter how hard this world is going to get, I'm going to raise my boys to be warriors. To be recklessly abandoned, sold out young men for the Lord. And maybe one day they'll start three new churches. Who knows? I'm not going to put any pressure on them. They can do whatever they want. Ezra said he wants to be an actor. Go for it, Ezra. You hate crowds, you hate people, but if you want to act, go for it. By me saying, Holy Spirit, I need you, I am going to leave a legacy. You might say, I don't have kids. Your legacy isn't wrapped up in just children. It's wrapped up in the lives around you. One day you'll be up in heaven and people will come up to you and they'll say, thank you for telling me about Jesus. Your legacy isn't just the lives that you happen to give birth to someday. Some of you are like, whoa, come on. 
It's the lives that the Holy Spirit wants to use you to impact around you. This is all part of our mission. We want to be a thriving church with thriving lives. You can only have a thriving life when the Holy Spirit fills it. And the only way to leave a legacy is by being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I ask you guys right now, I ask each and every one of you, you know, I've been talking about the Holy Spirit with you, in you, and upon you. Is the Holy Spirit, is he like your insurance agent? That person you call and they don't even know you by name and they say, what's your account number? You're like, I have a name. Okay, we'll get to that later. First, I need your account number and the last four of your social. But I have a name and they say, I need those numbers. Or is your Holy Spirit maybe like my insurance agent, Tony? He's a nice guy and he does some nice things, but in reality, he doesn't really know me. Or... You want the Holy Spirit to be in you, fill you, upon you, and empower you to live a life that you never thought you could live. That you might have a relationship with Jesus that you never thought you could have, a very personal relationship with Jesus. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does, and there's so much I'm going to talk about it next week. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But you see, the Holy Spirit wants to, wants, your, wants to make your life better, and He wants to make you better at life, at living this life. And so I ask you right now to analyze yourself and where you're at with God. Is your relationship more of a with God? Like he, he convicts you when you do bad things, but that's about it. Have you given your life to Jesus where Jesus lives in you, but Holy Spirit is still just sort of a side hustle for you? You call him when you need him. You're like, okay, God, I need help on this test. Okay, God, my marriage is falling apart. Okay, God, my boyfriend just broke up with me and I, I really hurt and I'm sad. Will you bring me a new one? Hey, God, my car broke down. I need new tires or whatever. Like, that's your Holy Spirit relationship. Or has the Holy Spirit come upon you, but you feel drained and you need a fresh outpouring? So if, if you desire to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, I, I just want you to think that through right now. If the Holy Spirit is more just with you, and you haven't even given your life to Jesus, you haven't even said, Jesus, I want to follow you with my life. If that's where you're at, I want you to pray with me right now. Bow your heads. Say, Jesus, I can't even live my life right now. Will you forgive me? Jesus, will you forgive me of all the things that I've done? I believe that you died on the cross for me. And Jesus, I ask that you would live in me now. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would fall upon this room. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, check out our website at cityviewphx.com or download the CityView app on the App Store.